all. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. Uh, This is Carmen, and I'm glad to be with you on week six of our look at Psalm 139. Let's look back at last week's lesson where we discussed that our beginnings are known by God. So here's our three discussion questions that, that we gave you last week. The first one is, do you view every human in the image of God? If not, perhaps you don't see yourself as being made in the image of God. And have you let God work in work with you about this topic this week? Number two, do you praise God when you look at yourself? And if not, have you started this week with looking at one thing that you've praised God for? Perhaps even a personality trait or a character quality. Begin praising God for how he's made you. And then number three, do you need to take some time and get focused on your purpose? Have you done that this week? Have you been able to look up from your routine and see that where God has placed you, wherever and whatever it is, that it's not by chance and that he has you there for a purpose? I hope that you've been able to reflect on these things this past week. Okay, so when we were younger and my dad was alive, he and my mom got a membership to um, Sam's, the Sam's Club. I think those, those buying in bulk stores began getting popular. And the closest one was, I think, about an hour away from our house. So we would load up in the car Daddy would get his big cooler. He would, you know, have it ready, empty and ready to bring home anything uh, cold, frozen or fresh that he had bought. And we would load up and head to Sam's. My dad would buy all kinds of things. He, the biggest bottle of ketchup, um, the largest bag of frozen chicken fingers or whatever it was, and... We would drive that hour, go to that store, do the shopping, get back in the car, and head back home. But buying in bulk was something that excited my dad, and I think he passed that quality on to me because my father-in-law has a membership to a a wholesale store like that, and when he invites us to go along with him, I get excited. But why do I tell you that? Because in the next verses of Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18, we see that God operates in bulk. And that is talking about his thoughts towards us. So let's read these verses and dive into them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Verse 17 says again, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! How precious to me are God's thoughts about me! Have you ever thought about this truth, this reality for the child of God? The all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere-present God and Creator thinks about you. What types of thoughts does He think? 
let's look at some scripture to give us some examples. Genesis 1, 27 and 31 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Jeremiah 29:11 tells us that God thinks good plans or good thoughts for us that bring us a hope and a future. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do amazing things. And then John 14.2-3 says, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will return and take you there with me. God has many thoughts about you and I. Just these four scriptures tell us that. God is pleased with how well He created us, the crown and glory of His creation, a vessel worthy to house His Holy Spirit. He thinks on what He would have us to do, and those plans are not for punishment. He thinks on what qualities and skills and gifts each person needs inside them to complete the good works He has for each of us, designing each part to become a complete masterpiece. And finally, He has so much love for us that he went to heaven, began thinking on and preparing for the day when you and I will join him, and he can't wait. Now, I don't know about you, but I hope, just as David is trying to articulate here in verse 17, that these thoughts that Almighty God is thinking, and humankind being the object of those thoughts, should invoke in us a response of awe and praise. God could say, what the great theologian Sweet Brown said when she was asked about the apartment fire and bronchitis, ain't nobody got time for that. God could say that in response to us. I don't have time for you. I have to keep the earth spinning perfectly on its axis. Or I must be in Ukraine looking over the people there. Or I have a very important meeting with the angels and saints around my throne. But he doesn't say that. What he does say is what Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, 29 through 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Not only is the quality of God's thoughts praiseworthy, the quantity of them is not too shabby either. David uses the word vast. In the original language, this word is a verb meaning be numerous. That is a present tense verb that directly tells us about the subject, which is God's thoughts. They are presently numerous. They are right now more than we can count. God's thoughts are not history or future predictions. They are in the present. That is encouraging to me as I go throughout my day and the things I face. What's not helpful is not reminding myself of this truth each and every day. God thinks of me on a grand scale. His thoughts about me are in bulk, and I can rest in His providence over my life. All right, let's look at verse 18. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. We just got back from taking our students from church to camp in Florida. 
The camp we stayed at was across the street from the beach. We would walk over several times each day for morning devotion on the beach, for team games, and for free time. Inevitably, we would track sand back to the camp and back into our bunk rooms. As we arrived back home and I began sorting the clothes, towels, and bedding to be washed, I quickly found out that we had tracked sand back home to Georgia. It was all in the sheets and towels and consequently landed on our floor in the living room. As I began to sweep it up, I had the thought, what if I tried to count each grain of sand? Then I got overwhelmed with the thought, and that was just a small amount. Yet in this verse, David tells us that God's thoughts would outnumber, they amount to way more than, the sand of the entire earth. Wow! Now that's impressive. And a for sure example of God's all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful presence. To count them would not just be overwhelming, it would be virtually impossible for a mere mortal. And yet, David brings his thought back to the intimacy he has with Almighty God. At the end of verse 18, when he says, When I awake, I am still with you. Barnes' notes on the Bible suggest this explanation of this last sentence in verse 18. When I am lost in deep and profound meditation on this subject, and I am aroused again to consciousness, I find the same thing still true. The fact of my being forgetful or lost in profound meditation has made no difference with thee. Thou art still the same, and the same unceasing care, the same thoughtfulness, still exist in regard to me. This truth, again, should lead us to respond with reverence and praise for our Creator, that He is thinking many thoughts of love, purpose, and provision over each of us is too much for us to comprehend. As we finish up today, let's consider David's words in two other psalms he wrote. I will read these to drive this point home. Psalm 8, 3, and 4 says, When I behold your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? In Psalm 40, verse 5, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done and the plans you have for us. None can compare to you. If I proclaim and declare them, they are more than I can count. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you think about me and you think about my friends and those thoughts that you have for us are many, many in number, but the quantity is not as important as the quality of those thoughts. But you think things about how much you love us and how you've created us and how you have good plans for us and how you want to spend eternity with us. Thank you for that. And help us to remind ourselves of this truth each and every day. And that when we forget that truth, it doesn't change. Because when we, quote, wake up, when we come back to our senses, 
when we rise up to do the work you called us to do, that truth is still there. You are still there with us, and you are still thinking about us. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. God, would you forgive us of our sins and help us today to live like we believe that we are the masterpieces you've created us to be. I thank you and praise you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's just two quick discussion questions today as we end up. Is it time to start seeing God for the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing creator that he is and understanding that we are not like him? And then number two, what thoughts of God concerning you do you need to remind yourself of today? Next week, we will look at verses 19 through 22. David takes a sharp left turn in these verses. So I hope you you will check those out and we will discuss why there is this sharp turn and what does it mean to us as people known by God. I hope to see you then. God bless. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I hope that you have been encouraged by our time together. Friend, I want you to know that Jesus is so important to me. And I want to share with you that you can have a relationship with Jesus just like I have a relationship with Jesus. There are three easy steps to finding that relationship. Number one, admit that you are a sinner. Number two, believe on Jesus as the only one who can save you because he lived a perfect life He died on a cross, he was buried in a tomb, and then three days later, he arose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. Believe that he did that for you. And then the third thing to do is to confess. Confess that Jesus Christ is your Savior. It's as easy as that. I want to encourage you, if you have not made that decision to follow Christ and go into a relationship with him, Will you do that today? Will you ask Jesus to come in and be a part of your life, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to be in charge? If you have made that decision today, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at berealcarmen at gmail.com so that I can be encouraging you, praying for you, and sending you some resources to help in your new walk with Christ. Check out more encouraging gospel-centered podcasts on the Kingdom Rock Podcast Network at kingdomrock.org. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.